0: Hey, before you see it, why don't you greet two or three people this morning? Tell man, it's good to see you at church. I want to welcome those online that are joining us for church online. You, hey, you're part of the family. We'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and just put something in the chat column. Let us know where you're from. And again, we're so glad that you're joining us for church online. Uh, I know some of our family, church family are traveling. Hey, we love you. Can't wait to see you back. And we pray today that the message is going to bless and speak to you. Well, hey, family, it's good to be with you this morning. I hope you had a great, uh, great Thanksgiving and uh, kind of re- regrouping from all the turkey. Someone said, Pastor, do you like turkey? And I said, no, uh, we had lamb, we had lamb, we had lamb in our house. It was so good, and uh, I am grateful for, grateful for the lamb, the lamb, and the lamb that was on my plate, amen, <laughs> and so, uh, it's so good to be with you today, and uh, I know a lot of our church family are traveling and uh, first service is packed. This is a great attendance. I love it. I'm glad you came today. And uh, hey, I want to make sure if this is your first time here, yes, stop by our New Year start year tent. We've got a little gift for you. And then next Sunday, after this service at 11.45 is our Discover Mountain Park Luncheon, and it's always fun. You get to hear about the vision, get to know more about the church, and uh, we get to know more about you, and we just have a great time of fellowshipping and food, and so mark your calendar. It's uh, next Sunday after service. Uh, also, if you showed up to look at the car event yesterday, Tim Berry and the team, they had our the, took a car show here. Yeah, there were 600 cars, I believe. It was amazing. Amazing. And uh, I afterwards had to repent to the Lord for, you know, it's like, Lord, I'll take that one and that one and that one, and it was so pretty, and, uh, but uh, it was, a, it was a, a lot of fun. Hey, ladies, Christmas tea's coming up uh, this uh, Saturday. Cindy and I will be hosting it. We're super excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think tickets are sold out, though, um, but uh, really, really excited. I think we've got about 240 women that are going to be coming to that, so it's going to be a lot of great fun. I'm, I'm excited. How many of you loved the decorations when you walked in? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Karen and the team did a great job, and uh, it's so great to walk in, and just it's Christmas, and there's energy in the house, and you're just kind of getting into that that feeling, and it's just weird for me still to see people wearing thick sweaters and jackets in Arizona. I mean, I lived in Chicago. I mean, I'm looking at some people going like, what is, but I guess it is what it is, okay, and beanies, and I'm like, it's still like 70s out here. What's wrong, you know, but it 's all good hey if you 're a Bakar fan, we love you we 're praying for you, all the Bakar fans. I know Chuck's in the house somewhere, and uh... And uh, <laughs> I know uh, Bob, one of our Bo- uh, Bo- Basel members. Bob's in the second row. Yeah, he's a big Michigan fan. So I called him during the fourth. I called him during the fourth quarter, and he was like, "Don't jinx it. Call me later." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I was like, "It's intense, you know." I'm all about the World Cup soccer, you know. Uh, I'm all about that right now. That's where I'm at. But uh, it was it was fun to catch some of the games, and I uh, love this uh, love this time of the year. It's just uh, it's just fun. And, uh, and so uh, we're going we're gonna to conclude our series today, Gratitude, Expressing Thanksgiving. Uh, over the last four weeks, we've been kind of talking about expressing thankfulness, thanksgiving. And we started in week one about talking about being thankful to God. That's where we should all start. You know, we're going into Christmas. We're going to talk about the greatest gift ever given to humanity, Jesus. And, and we, sh- we should express in this season, just every day we should express, God, I'm just so thankful Thankful that Scripture says that I didn't choose you, you chose me. I'm thankful that you forgave me of my sins. I thank you that you called me to relationship and not religion, and that you want to be a part of my life, God, and that the Scripture says, you know how many hairs on my head? When I'm sleeping, you're watching over me. When I cry tears, you catch them. Uh, That's the God that we serve. And we should say, you know, we need to express more thanksgiving to Him. Week two, we spoke about being thankful for life where my friend Terry Kane shared his story about the West Nile virus, how Terry almost died. The doctors told his wife, hey, get ready, he's, he's not going to make it. And, and how he went through a year of rehab and how just the simple things of life, riding a bicycle, it's, it's a big deal to Terry and how you and I, we, so often we just take things in our life for granted, but God wants us to stop and just to enjoy the very breath we have, enjoy the fact that the sun came out today and we live in a, we live in a place where we have the sun. Someone told me the other day, 320 days a year, we have the sun. That's just, I'm grateful for that. And just, you know, we should be thankful for life. And then we spoke week three about being thankful for family. That yes, our crazy auntie so-and-so and and uncle so-and-so and and whoever, we're just thankful for our family. Well, today as we conclude, we're gonna talk about being thankful for friends. How many of you are grateful for friends that have walked with you through storms, right? (laughs) Friends that have been there. Friends that have carried you. Friends that have encouraged you. It's interesting, a storm will always reveal who your real friends are, right? A challenge in life will show, you know, who's there. And we're gonna talk about that today. And to start us off with, uh, I got some great quotes from the Gospel of the Minions. Uh, And so let's put those up really quick. Best friends make the good times better and the hard times easier. Can I get an amen? the second one I keep telling myself to stop talking to weirdos but then I would have would not have any friends left (laughs) you're thinking of some of them right now right yeah (laughs) the difference between a friend and a best friend a friend says wow you look so pretty a best friend Shrek called he wants his face back (laughs) oh it's so true right Best friends will always give it to you straight. I love it. i got some friends in my life that do that, and I so, so appreciate it. Well, to kick us off this morning, I thought I'd invite two, two ladies that I got to meet two months ago, uh, Laurel and Dina, if they would come up. And I've had a bunch of guys up here sharing, so I said, let me bring up some ladies. And I had the honor of meeting these two ladies uh, two months ago, and they, they shared some, a project they're working on and a Bible study they run. And, uh, and so these are two great ladies. And the minute I met them, I just, I loved the energy uh, just between the two of them and the interaction and, and their friendship. And uh, even we had coffee yesterday and, and uh, just two great ladies. And, you know, they, they have a, a, a Bible study curriculum they're actually been writing and, and working on for ladies. And, uh, and their group is called Happy Hour with Jesus. I like that. You know, we think of a happy hour, you think about, you know, hanging out in a bar, but to them, happy hour is when you get together in a Bible study and spend time with Jesus. And what's really fun about their Bible study is that half of the group that comes to the Bible study don't go to church. Half of them are actually afraid to go to church. And so they open up their homes, and they do a Bible study, and they have up to 40 women that come, and they go through different books of the Bible, and, and I just love what they're doing in, in reaching, reaching friends and, and your neighbors. And so, so glad you guys are joining us today. And, and uh, so, four questions I have for you, and we're going to jump right into it. First question is, how long have you guys been friends?
1: Well, I'll kick us off. Um, So we have been friends for going on three years now. We had to do the math yesterday because those years started meshing together. We met right when COVID hit. And so um, what a blessing, though, when when people were really struggling in COVID. I had a blessing of meeting new friend. And that was just. That was one of the things that carried me through during that time. But we met three years ago. We met in Atlanta, Georgia. Both of us were there for a work conference. Um, A girl that I went to high school with said, we, we realized we were at the same conference. She said, I want you to come out to dinner with me. I was like, oh, it was at the end of a long day. I was like, I just, I'm so tired. She's like, no, you have to. You have to meet my boss, who is Dina. She's like, you're going to love her. And I was like, oh, fine, I will. So I got myself together. um, And it was like an instant connection with Dina. Um, Not only did I connect with her just as a woman, and we didn't even know our God story yet, but I just connected with her on on such an instant um, deep level, and uh, from there, we just, we grew in our friendship, but we realized that that timing of that opportunity was absolutely perfect. God's timing is so perfect. Um, we had been living within a mile of each, less than a mile of each other for, I don't know, going on 10 years. Our, our daughters were going to the same school. We've been both coming to Mountain Park, Didn't never met each other, so there's that. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it's been an amazing gift. And, you know, God's timing is perfect for us.
0: Yeah. Now, I know you, you guys met for dinner. And, uh, dinner you, you weren't too excited about that dinner, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we ended up uh, going to a jazz bar and found live jazz. I love jazz. And, um, you know, you're at a conference. You're working all day. We were both there working the conference. And um, we were both tired. And it was just, um, you know, such a God moment of like, you will meet. Cause yeah. I feel like over eight years, we lived on the same street. Our kids go to the same school. We've come to the same church and we've never met. And he's like, you will meet in Atlanta. And, uh, we just did over that night. Yeah. And it was such a blessing because a month later COVID had hit and, um, you know, I mean, that's not really a time to get together and have yeah. have lots of friend time. But it was slow. And it was, you know, sometimes it's really hard as an adult. Um, it's hard as kids. You know, we tell our kids, go make friends. But it's hard for us to make friends. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you just have to make the first move and being like, hey, you want to go have coffee or have lunch? And it just took that first time. And I think it was months after we originally met because of COVID. But um, and we met and, and then just slowly over that first year, we just, our friendship bloomed and we got m- more and more, uh, got to know each other. And, um, and then we really started learning each other's God story. And it was such a blessing to learn about how God has been kind of weaving in our lives. And the fact that we both had been coming here eight or nine years and never knew each other Um, and our story here, you know, we both went to reengage years ago, and it really impacted both of our marriages, so Mm. it was just an amazing first year of friendship where we just started to really get to know each other. so
0: great, wow. I love how you, you talk about story because in our vision statement, it's realizing your role in God's story, and sometimes you need people to help you, and that's our mission, helping others realize their role, and so you guys coming together, God bringing you to Atlanta, a conference, Dana, you weren't in the mood, Dana, to meet with Laurel. Laurel Laurel was going through a process in her own life, and how God just brought you together to help you to grow and to to reveal his his plan and his story. So what are are some things, Laurel, that you value in your friendship
1: with Dina? Um, There's so many things that I value in my friendship with Dina. Um, I, I love that she operates with a Jesus filter. One time she said to me, she's like, everything goes through the Jesus filter. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. I'm going to steal that. Um, but everything that she does, no matter what it is in her life, it goes through her Jesus filter and and it's through God. And so to be able to have a friend that if I call, I know she's going to pray for me. Um, and if she gives me advice, which she gives me great advice, um, but that it's going to be biblically based and that's, that's so important because I have so many amazing women in my life, but not all of them have the same type of relationship with the Lord. And to know that um, everything is going to go through her Jesus filter is uh, super amazing. Um, And speaking of great advice, she gave me my very first night when I met her that night, um, I was really struggling in my career. I was just trying to figure out where my next steps were. And I had been praying and praying and praying for six months and I was like, Lord, where you at? Like, I am not seeing it. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. What am I supposed to do? And here within two hours, I have this dinner with this amazing woman and she gives me this piece of advice that really just like, it hit me deep. And it just really stuck with me in the week following. And that advice, I ended up uh, resigning from my job, and now I have my, my dream job. But God works through people, and I believe so that good. he sent her to me for many, many reasons, but he's like, and by the way, pay attention to Dina. She's got good advice.
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> no, so great, because that is one of the ways God speaks to us, through scripture, you know, through prayer, through worship, through messages on Sunday, but through friends. It's one of the ways God speaks to us, right? Yeah, Dina, just something you value
2: in your friendship so many things i value um her kindness she's one of the most kind people you'll ever meet um sparkly <laughs> we, we do like sparkles but um you know she's just light and sparkle um but her her love for the lord but she has a gift for one of her gifts uh, and i believe one of her purposes is hospitality and it's a way of being. And our gifts are a way of being, and I think we can dismiss our gifts, like oh, hospitality or uh, listening. Yeah. You know, like I think we can just get really dismissive around like this amazing gift that God's give us, given us, mm-hmm. and we don't really quite know how it's impacting people. And for her, one of her biggest gifts that I value—not in our, only in our friendship, but now in the Bible study that we host is this hospitality gift, that a welcoming, it's this accessibility and this welcoming spirit that she has in her workplace, she has it in her classroom when she was a teacher, in her home. It's just a a gift that I love and I admire and it rubs off on me and it's just a, it's one of those things that she's just brilliant at
0: yeah I mean you, you were sharing yesterday a little bit uh, Laura about your neighbor I guess and you were, your neighbor was sharing about a hard struggle and you just said kind of like hey so what's you know what's Jesus doing in it and and you're coming <laughs> yeah. to our Bible study right and something like that yeah.
1: she was just she was sharing a struggle in her relationship and um, she, she kind of opened the door and apparently it was just, it just takes a little crack and I stick my foot right in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I was the like, boot. that's right, my sparkly boot. Uh, and I was like, so, you know, where where are you in your relationship with God? And then it was just like, she was like, whoa, okay. Uh, and, in, and in a non-aggressive way. Yeah. Um, and she is, uh, <laughs> yes, non-aggressive. Uh, she is uh, an absolute dear friend. And it's, it's amazing. I, we were just, talking last night she was over, it's been two years since we've known each other and she is like all in with happy hour with Jesus and she is in the word and growing in her relationship with God and so it's so just cool. such a blessing, such a blessing.
0: Beautiful. Well, hey, uh, what, what is a strength that you see uh, in, in Dina and vice versa, versa? What is a strength that you see that just you really appreciate?
1: Dina has so many strengths. Again, I can't just pick one. I'm gonna give you two, I'm gonna cheat. I'm not gonna pick one, I'm gonna give you two. Um, she is absolutely fearless in anything that she does in her life. She, if you, she sees an obstacle, most of us are like, well, let's see, we can get around that obstacle. We can climb over it. And Dina's like, nope, we're gonna blow it up. Leg, like we're coming through, it's kind of, it's <laughs> happening. Um, and so I love that about her. She just really inspires me as a mother and a wife and a businesswoman and just in my career to just say, you know what? God has given you these amazing gifts, and let's use them to the best of our ability. And then she's also so obedient. Um, and I love that about her. She listens to the Lord. She has that personal relationship with him. And when God speaks, um, and I'm I hate I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, mm, maybe not, maybe not today, but she's, you know, yep, no, we're doing it. And she's, we're doing it, and I'm gonna listen to the love Lord. It. And I love that. I love it. Yeah. So
2: I, again, love a million things about her, but the, um, I, I said something different in the, in the last um, sermon, but one of the things that I just so admire about her is her focus on her prayer meditation time. Um, you know, we both know each other's God stories, and like everybody, we all you know. There's sometimes we're so in love with God and so obedient and so focused, and then sometimes we're just like, "Not today, God," you know. Yeah. Just I can't even. And um, and her her prayer meditation not only has um, inspired me, our whole Bible study. You know, she has. I think the deeper we get in the Word and in just 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day in the word, her loyalty to God and her wow. practice, because it takes yeah. practice. Yeah. You know, I think Jesus, in theory, and on Sundays, is different than the Jesus we've, when you start reading the Bible,
0: yeah. is yeah. so
2: different. You, you, you learn his suffering, you learn this, the, the journeys you will never learn on Sunday. Yeah. You know, Sunday is yeah. like such a taste, and The biggest blessing that she's brought in my life, you know, when she said, I think we should do a Bible study together. Um, I'm not really Bible, traditional Bible study is not kind of my jam. And I'm like, no, no, I, you know, I got it covered in my prayer meditation time. And she's like, no, 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 I think we should do a Bible study together. You know, courageous friend. And um, it was just a consistency of her calling that she's like, we can do this. We can do this. Wow. And it takes courage to do things that we're scared of. And sometimes it takes a friend, you know, to be your, by your side. And so it's a level of loyalty and a lo- level of focus and a level of trusting her calling um, that, that I so admire, and now has gotten all over me, you know? Wow. The, you know. And then we yeah. spread to others. And so I just love that about her.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I so appreciate both of you. Can we give them a hand this morning? And uh, that's a blessing. Appreciate you. And uh, you know, I, I love this story because they were coming to the same church for nine years, and didn't know each other. But God brought them together. And you know, we all need friends in our lives. We need friends that are going to encourage us. We need friends that are going to walk with us. We when the when the roadblocks come, or the curveball comes, or the, the bad report comes. You know, We need people in our lives, people of faith that are going to say, come on, let's pray. Let's walk through this together. Let's see what God, God has for us. And the reality is we all need friends. We're going into a season right now where, yeah, in America, statistically, it's the highest time of suicide, depression, and addiction. And you know why? It's because isolation is the devil's playground. Yes. So many people in this season go through pain alone. And they don't have someone to walk with them. You know, one of our culture values at Mountain Park is we are family. You know what that means is, yeah, we're friends. We don't want to be blood relatives, but through the blood of Jesus, we're family and friends. And we need each other. We're going to look at a great story today, well-known passage in the Bible. Uh, I want to teach you, and I want to talk to you today about four friends the world needs. In Mark chapter 2, verse 1 is our passage, and we're going to go to Verse 12. And again, he entered, this is Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the, it was in the house. And he's, Jesus right now is at Peter's house. And people hear that he's there. And immediately many gathered so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, that they reason thus within themselves, he said to them, "Why do you reason about these things in your heart?" Which is easier to say to the paralytic, "Your sins are forgiven you," or to say, "Arise, take up your bed and walk," but that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, "I say to you, arise, take up your bed." and go to your house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So all that were amazed and glorified God saying, we have never saw anything like this. It's a great story in the Bible. It's a great miracle. You know, it's an interesting in this passage is how Jesus was moved. He was moved by compassion for this paralytic. He was moved by the faith of the four friends as he looked up and as as this paralytic is lowered down on a mat before him, he looks up and he sees their faith. There's an interesting tension in this passage too because the first thing Jesus does as he sees their faith, he turns to the paralytic and he says, your sins are forgiven you. Interesting. Why didn't he just say, hey, get up and walk? He first says to the guy, your sins are forgiven. And then what happens? The religious, the scribes are like, ooh, you can't say that. You're Jesus. You're Joseph's son. How can you say? Only God can say your sins are forgiven. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knows what they're thinking. And so he stops and he he literally says to them, hey, why are you guys wrestling with this? In verse 10, he says something so amazing. Just to show you that I have the power and authority over sin, He turns to the man and says, Hey, get up, arise, get up, and walk out. I want to spend a little time there before I get into the main part of the message today because this is so important. Jesus addresses the sin of the man. He says, Your sins are forgiven. Why would he say that? Why was that so important? Number one, because Jesus was making a declaration I have the power over sin, I have the authority to forgive. And that's so important for us because, you know, there's so many Christians today that wrestle with the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of sin. Well, Pastor, I wish I never did that. I wish I never said that. I wish I never chose that. I, never, I wish I never went after that. I wish I never met that. I wish, God, I wish I was different with my kid. I, I wish I was different with my spouse. Here's the good news today. Jesus forgives sin. He has the power to forgive sin. No matter how bad it is. This, we sometimes say, "Well, this sin's bad and that sin's not. No, sin is sin. And scripture says we've all missed the mark. But the good news today is that Jesus Christ has the power over sin and he paid the price that you and I, as we put our faith in him, can be forgiven. So Jesus was declaring, your sins are forgiven. But why was this so important? Because the doctrine in that day is a doctrine that's uh, lex talionos was the saying, which literally was the law of, you know, of justification or the law of revenge. You see, in those days, in the Bible days, the Jews had a belief through this doctrine that if, if a child was born, and he, this child that was born, this, this paralytic man, there must have been sin in his family line. And so the sin, the consequence of that sin was him being born paralyzed. There was a belief in a sin, in utero sin, in the sense that somebody did something wrong or he was going to do something in this future. And so now God was judging him. And the penalty of that was he was born paralyzed. Good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. That's life. But you know what the good news is? Jesus was saying to this young man, your sins are forgiven. And then he said to him, arise, get up and walk. You see, you know why Jesus forgave him, of his t- wanted him to know that he was forgiven? Jesus wanted him to know that he was forgiven so that as he walked away and now he could walk for the first time and he was healed, that he would not live with the guilt of sin anymore saying, you know what, I better not sin, I better not sin because if I do, guess what, I'm going to be punished. No, your sins are forgiven. There's some of you today, I want you to catch this. God didn't just come to forgive your sins, he came to remove it so you could have new life. God wants you to have new life. God wants you to have a relationship with him, not religion that's based on performance. Voila, if I read my Bible, if I say my prayers, if I do these things, if I give and I do all these things, guess what, hopefully I get to heaven. No, my friend, yes, the good news. Jesus has the authority over sin. He paid the price for your sin and that you could be forgiven. And whatever the past is, the past is buried. That's why we do water baptism. We bury the past, we arise up in the new to say, God has forgiven me. So this young, this man that was powerless, he, he was, God, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Now get up and walk in wholeness. That's why I love Romans chapter eight. Paul says this, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, there's so many of us today, we we think we can't be a friend to others. We can't love on others and share Jesus with others and pray for others because, well, I'm not good enough. Here's the good news. Jesus made you good enough. Jesus made you. If you put your faith in Jesus, you're a child of the most high God. You are righteous. You are forgiven. You are restored. It's like you never sinned. He doesn't just cover it. He doesn't remember. As far as the east is from the west, God has moved our transgressions and our sin and our guilt and our shame. It is gone. And now, guess what? We can be a friend that the world needs. I wanna talk to you quickly about four friends. Four friends the world needs. There were four friends that carried their paralytic brother to Jesus. Four friends the world needs. Number one, friend number one, friend of compassion compassion these friends had compassion on their brother could not they looked at him and said he can't get jesus is there at peter's house if we just get him to jesus he he couldn't get himself to jesus he needed somebody to carry him who in your life who in your life right now needs you to carry them who in your world right now is going through a hurt pain that just needs compassion You know, sometimes we look at people in our world and go, you know what? I warned them, if only they had listened to me. I sent an email to them. I told them, don't go there. Don't look at that. Don't do that. You sow, you reap. That's what the Bible says. No, that's not what the Bible says. That's out of context. Because the Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. The world needs people that will show compassion that'll take notice, that'll come alongside and say, what do I need to do to help you? What do I need to do to get you to Jesus? Because he is the hope for humanity. You know, aren't you glad as you read in Psalm 145, verse eight to 10, the Lord is merciful and compassionate. I love this one. Slow to get angry. Anybody agree with me? you glad he's slow to get angry? Filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. Aren't you glad he's good to everyone? He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. You know, our God is compassionate. He showed compassion on us. Scripture says we didn't choose him. He chose us by sending Jesus. And Jesus willfully, he went to the cross. It's the greatest sign of compassion. You know, throughout Scripture, you'll see, in, in fact, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, and when he saw the crowds, Jesus, seeing the crowds of people, he was moved with compassion and had pity for them because they were just dis, dispersed and distressed like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is indeed plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus was saying, I need more workers who have compassion for the harvest, for the crowd. You know, throughout scripture you'll read whenever Jesus did a miracle, it'll say, and Jesus moved with compassion, or Jesus filled with compassion. You see, whenever in scripture you read, Jesus filled with compassion, you knew something great was something supernatural was about to happen. He was moved, and because he was moved with compassion, Faith was released, actions, signs and wonders, miracles began to happen. Jesus moved. Why? Because he felt the pain of what someone was going through. Ah, I I I can't begin to imagine what would happen at Mountain Park Church if we began to be moved with compassion. Imagine what God could do through us, through our church, in our yeah, and Chanda and Tempe and our whole city and our state and around the world. If if Mountain Park became a place that was moved with compassion. Because whenever there's a movement of compassion spiritually, God's about to do something great. I really pray over this holiday season that compassion stirs you to invite someone to church. Compassion says, come on, you need to come to Christmas Eve service. Compassion stirs you to say, come on, let me pray with you. Compassion stirs you to write something to someone. Friend number one, compassion. Friend number two, determination. Verse... 4 of Mark 2, chapter 2 says, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. These guys, the first thing they're going to do is, I mean, there's obstacles. They're going to get a mat, and they're going to put their friend on a mat, and then they're going to carry, you know. I can imagine them singing, He ain't heavy. He's my brother. I mean, he's, he ain't heavy. He's my, I mean, it's like, man, dude, you need to lose some weight, man. I'm carrying you. To, like, this is hard work. We're trying to carry him, and we get to Peter's house. They know Jesus there, and guess what? There's a crowd. Hey, bro, I'm sorry, man. I tried to hook you up with Jesus. There's a crowd. We can't get you in. Obstacles. He couldn't walk. They had to carry him. The house is packed. They couldn't get him to Jesus. Guess it's not your day, bro sorry no they were determined they were determined to get their friend to Jesus they get up on the roof this is Peter's house the disciple this ain't just just anybody this is Peter's house and if you knew Peter's mom you wouldn't mess with that roof and what do they do? They begin to open up the roof. I mean, they're like, Peter, we just felt you needed a sunroof, baby. It's all good. We're helping you out. And, they, and then what do they do? They, get, they begin to lower their friend right in the middle. Jesus is teaching. Hello, he's teaching his sermon. I mean, he's in his like moment of teaching. And like, here comes this guy. I love it. They were determined. We know that if we can get him to Jesus, Jesus will do something great. You know one of one of my favorite movies people love asking ask me that question what's a movie that you love watching one of my favorite movies is Hacksaw Ridge It's a true story of Corporal Desmond Doss was in the army and it's a great movie because of his faith he would not carry a, a firearm a rifle so he became a medic and they went up on a ridge and they were ambushed by the Japanese and and so many of the soldiers were, were wounded and left to die up on this ridge, and his whole troop made it back down, but. He couldn't go down because he heard the cries of people that were wounded and, and about to die. And so he goes and he gets one and he carries that guy and then he loads them down the ridge and he goes and gets another soldier. He just keeps going and, and, he, and, and he, he ties them on a rope and loads them down and his hands are beginning to wear with blisters and, and he's in pain and he's sneaking and the, the enemy's looking for trying to kill them, the guys that are, that are still alive and he's in between and and it's so amazing because in this movie, uh, you, you at the end, you go through the credits and there's an interview with the actual guy, Desmond Doss, and he, and he said, or the, the interview, and he, and he said, all I could do when I was up on that ridge and I'm hearing the cry of, of my brothers who are dying, he said, all I could do is say this, Lord, just give me one more. See, that's all I can remember. I just kept saying to God, just give me one more to save. Just give me one more to save. And there's so many guys whose lives were spared because he was determined not to give up. Who in your life right now needs you to stand up and be determined? You know what? Your marriage is not going to fail. Your relationship with your kid will be restored. God's going to get you through this sickness. Yeah, you know what? You might have lost your job, but I'm standing with you. You're going to get through this. Because I'm, you know what, I'm determined to stand with you. I'm going to stand in the gap with you. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and watch you. I'm going to get in the game with you. Friends are four friends the world needs. Friend of compassion. Friend that's determined. Number three, a friend of faith. I love verse five. It says, and Jesus, when he saw their faith, Said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. There's something amazing when you and I step in faith with others. We step in the gap. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith you can't please God, for he who comes must believe who he is. And he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. There's something amazing. As Jesus looks at this paralytic being lowed down, at the corner of his eye he looks up. I can imagine the four guys going like, "Uh uh-oh, Jesus is looking at us. And I imagine Jesus just smiling at them. I see your faith. I see your faith. It pleases me, it stirs me. Who in your world right now needs you to step in faith? Who in your world right now needs you to get on your knees and pray and intercede? Who in your world needs you just to send them a verse that'll inspire them? Because Romans chapter 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Who, who needs you to come alongside them in faith? Because I, I love the story. You, you heard the ladies and they were showing about, you know, the, the, the world will tell you, just give up on your marriage. You know what? Your husband's a loser, whatever. No, no, no. What God has brought together, let no one pull asunder. Come on, let's believe God for a miracle. God, let me tell you something, church, God still does miracles today. Let's quit thinking, well, it's all in the Bible. That's when it happened. No, he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He still does miracles today. He still does miracles today. But you know what? Faith is required. Who do you need to step in faith for today? Your spouse, your kid, your uncle, your boss, your colleague, your Starbucks barista. Who do you need to step in faith for? Four friends the world need. Compassion. Determination. Faith. And number four, love. Love. I love the way Jesus put it in John chapter 15. He said this, he said, greater love is no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friend. You know what that simply means is, true love is when you put others before yourself. True love costs. True love is saying, you're going in for a surgery, I'm bringing meals over every night. True love is, hey, if you call me at one o'clock, I'm going to be there for you. True love is you need me, I'm there. How can I help you? See, that's love, because love costs. God's love wasn't cheap. Cost Him His one and only Son, Jesus, on a cross. Being mocked and spattered. But He loved us so much that He went to that cross And he suffered and he paid the price that we could receive forgiveness. We could be loved. Who in your world today needs love? Who needs compassion? Who needs determination? Come on, you're gonna get through this. Who needs faith? Come on, you're not alone. God loves you and he cares for you. Four friends the world need. I want to encourage you today, be that friend. Be that friend. Be that friend. Jesus said this, he said, they will know you are my followers. They will know you are my disciples. They will know you are my children by the way you love. Not by your theology, not by your intellect, not by your wealth, not even by your works. They'll know you are mine by the way you love. I want to challenge you, church, let's love. There's a world out there that don't know Jesus. Let's be moved with compassion. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We're thankful for the friends in our lives. We thank you you today for Jesus, who's the best friend. Proverbs 18 says, he sticks closer than a brother. There's no friend like Jesus. Lord, I wanna pray today for each and every one of us. I pray for myself today. There are people around me every day that do not know you. There are people around me that are hurting every day. I wanna pray today, Lord, that we would have a greater heart of compassion a greater heart of determination a greater heart of faith and a greater heart of love we pray today god in this season where so many people are hurting that we will be light in darkness that we would be your hands your feet your mouth remind us today we might be the only jesus someone would ever see Thank you today for your forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for loving us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.